Today on Octal FM, Gillard and I revisit the world of esports and discuss how things have changed over the last three years. Hello and welcome to the episode of Oxl FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And today we are revisiting a topic. We haven't, I don't think we've done too many of these where we've, got, we've gone back. Even though we always say we will, we never, we never mm. do. Um, yeah. <laughs> and today we're revisiting a topic from middle of, you know, early 2017. It's like yeah. three and a half years ago we made this episode, which is pretty mad. Which yes. is when we discussed um, esports becoming yep. a spectator sport and what it, what it was to become a spectator sport. Yeah. We've also talked a little bit about things like more specific stuff around like League of Legends and things like that as well mm-hmm. um, in the past. So this is sort of something that we've touched on a couple of times, but not really massively recently when I looked back over the, the episodes. And what prompted us to want to talk about it was in our recent uh, kind of retrospective episode, episode 100, where we talked about some of the episodes that we enjoyed doing and what we thought was interesting, mm. etc. We We mentioned this. We mentioned the idea that like what we said had sort of come true, but it sort of hadn't come true. And mm. and there were some things that had also changed recently as well, which we thought would make a great talking point for a whole another episode. So that's mm. what we thought we'd do. Yeah. We wanted to sort of take a look at, like you say, like it, it's not really, esports hasn't quite got to where we thought it would in our predictions, but also at the same time, it has grown a lot and changed quite a bit. Uh, and in particular, with coronavirus, mm. um, there's been a lot of changes, which I think we still probably won't know the full impact of until sometime next year. Um, so I'm just lining us up there for an extra follow on episode. Yeah, well, um, it certainly will happen because although things are starting to simmer down a little bit now uh, in mm. terms of like extreme responses, this is very much going to be the new norm for quite a long time now and Mm. things are going to flare up again and so i think this is something that's going to be here for the long run which is going to have an ongoing effect on lots of things but one of the things that we thought we did have an effect on like we said was esports because of well this is basically the whole episode that episode itself is that this is a transitional period for sporting events adding the e to themselves Mm. Yeah, there's been a lot of situations where, you know, uh, obviously a lot of stuff has been cancelled. Um, and so it's only natural that sports, you know, sporting bodies, teams, organisations, etc. have been trying to look at, you know, alternative methods, whether it's doing stuff behind closed doors on a simple level or whether it's actually taking things fully online you mm. know and, and and sort of embracing that so sort of things like the formula one right like that was like there was like a virtual formula one on twitch mm. some of that's a little bit i sort of think it's probably not a substitute right in fact no. formula one is now back to real formula one but still kind of like in terms of exposure to the platforms the way that things work you know that's sort of a I don't know. It's a big turning point, I think, for esports. Well, it was kind of important for them to do something like this, right? Mm. Because when 
they aren't able to put on their regular sporting events. So like, for example, I'm, I'm going to use soccer football as the regular example, because mm. it's sort of the one that hits all the, hits all the boxes as it were for this sort of problem is that it's a lot of money lost. You know, that's that at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing. Like, let's be honest, these sporting organizations don't do it for the love of the game, no matter what they say. Um, you know, it's all money and there's a lot of money involved, like a lot of money involved. Mm-hmm. And if they're not able to hold games, then they're not able to make all that money through various different means. Like, for example, you can't sell advertising space to advertisers if there's nothing to advertise on, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't businesses can't make money from the events going on around them and you're also going to have the ability of fans not buying tickets be it like in person or even like buying them on like you know bt sport whatever it is in the uk like i don't follow sport um (laughs) and you know then or having to even refund them if they've bought like physical tickets to go and see a game like Mm. that's a lot of money being lost now although the idea of esports can't replace them and i don't think it ever will it can certainly help mitigate some of that problem that's i think right. that's, that's the primary thing that these companies were looking to achieve was to mitigate the fallout of coronavirus hitting their their industry yeah exactly this is also like you said in conjunction with the fact that like esports has slowly been gaining more traction mm. in times as well so for example like compared to our previous episode where we said about why esports was becoming more popular as a spectator sport things have changed ever so slightly more still not just in relation to covid but that's what the primary focus on this Mm. episode is going to be in that for example there's even more widespread high-speed internet like i know we always say that like we always kind of attribute many things to people have more faster (laughs) internet but it's true It's, it's a valid point like and now it isn't just the, the much that it's wide internet to the, say, a, P, a person's PC. Like, it's not just people like you and me sitting here with our PCs, like, watching Valorant streams on Twitch, right? But it's as much about having high-speed internet for things like SkyQ and, like, Virgin TV or whatever mm. those are. Mm. Those streaming services that the regular terrestrial broadcasting companies, I guess you, guess you could say, yeah. offer. Because without high-speed internet access, even like low-end broadband often isn't enough anymore. You can't have those services. So as more households get access to either high-speed broadband or what is often the case, especially here in the UK, is more and more fibre options, this is becoming more of an availability. Yeah, definitely. But another aspect of the high-speed internet is, well, as controversial as it might be <laughs> surrounding coronavirus, is the uh, is the rollout of 5G. Like, fi- mm. 5G internet makes for very reliable, high-speed streaming of very high-quality video. Mm. And assuming that you don't have, like, a data limit, which I think you can buy, like, packages where, like, data towards certain things doesn't count. And I'm Im- imagining mm. there probably is some for, like, streaming sporting events and stuff like that, right? So you can watch these sorts of events on your phone from wherever you are in the entire country. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely like increase in available bandwidth, you know, especially for, for sort of things that are things that themselves are also high speed. And so what I mean by that is like, if you think about watching like a just any old YouTube video, right, the quality doesn't matter that much. But when you talk about watching a sport or esport, um, you need to be able to see some of the fine detail. Yes. Like League of Legends is very difficult to watch on a really bad connection. Mm-hmm. And this is also, I always remember this being like one of the drivers for like HD in the, originally was like 
with football, you can more easily see the football, yes. right? Because like actually TV, standard definition TV wasn't really that great for 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 some sports. Especially um, when you consider how far out the camera is exactly, on a traditional exactly. sporting event like football. So, you know, and this is kind of like esports has a similar problem, which is, as you say, kind of slowly going away. And I think another thing which you've pointed out in the notes is sort of like, both with normal sports and esports, right? The the age range of people who are competitive is very low, right? People are very young because you've got quicker reaction times yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. You've got more time potentially to, to devote to it, less commitments and yeah. stuff like M- that. Most sports require younger people for the most right. part. There are exceptions, obviously, but like yeah. that's for the most part the case. So you have this sort of, this culture growing, especially around like, influencers as well Mm. so this kind of double combination of both the competitive side of things but also the influencer side of things the sort of um celebrity side of things there's kind of a there's a that's sort of twofold then you know a lot of influencers it's quite interesting actually when um thinking about good streamers or popular streamers um tend to be like not pro but not amateur either Mm. right and the reason being is that if you are watching a streamer you want them to win yeah generally like because it feels good to like cheer on your you know mm. the, the the person you like and they're also good at it right yeah. because then they they win more and you you feel good about the person that you're supporting and i suppose the problem is if, if you were just watching like a proper like hardcore esports like you know real professional player right. doing it that's what they're doing they're not talking to the stream they're not yeah. interacting they're not having a fun because although you want them to win you also want to have the banter and you want to have yeah, a yeah. more relaxed feel to things you know so right. you need that balance between skill but also enjoyability and the possible right. believability that they might not succeed and they have to sort of like you know work hard to win a match or something yeah yeah exactly but sort of that increase in celebrity like they're being more celebrities and the stakes being higher and them being worth more because more people are watching them um sort of bleeds into esports as well because it's it's all kind of related eyeballs if you like Mm -hmm. another aspect as well which i thought was pretty on point for the slow shift towards a more online culture for not just esports but sports in general regardless of whether or not they're doing esports as part of their sort of like their branding now is the fact that as the generations shift more and more people are becoming what we call the netflix generation you know the streaming Mm. generation like i certainly don't have the patience to sit and watch 90 minutes worth of football and then however much break is in between Mm. all the extra time and all the rest of it like i I don't have the time energy or patience to want to do that like i barely have the time and patience to watch like a 15 minute youtube video Mm. um you know and that's certainly becoming more of the case of an even younger audience who are growing up to want to watch these things and it's not that they're not necessarily interested in things like football or tennis or like if you go to the more american sports like the nba or the nfl but they don't have the attention span because they've been taught that they can watch what they want when they want for as long as they want yeah and the online competitive side of esports does allow that because although there is, there is live streaming that live stream can just be paused at any mm. point and there's no mm. problem 
But then you can just go back and watch the VOD if you want. You know, the, again, mm. there's no harm in that. And then on top of that, oftentimes, if it's an actual, like, organized esport event, for example, like a league match or, like, a CSGO match or whatever, there'll almost likely be some form of coverage for it as well, talking about, like, mm. the plays that happen, the more interesting aspects of it. And you can just simply watch 10, 15 minutes of that rather than watching how many hours the overall yep. rounds went on for. Yeah, it also feeds in, you're right, like... A lot of the like built-in features of esports, right, that allows for things like clips mm. and and vods, and again coming back to the streamers side of things, you know, people people comment, other people commentating on the on the matches and stuff mm. like that, rather than just the the official ones, kind of increases the overall kind of uh, viewership. The last thing I wanted to mention, which I think is a little bit of an outlier, I don't know how much it really fills into sort of sports and esports kind of going online and and becoming a more part of the regular culture of everything, is the the idea of like virtual crowds. So, for example, like you're seeing more like celebrities. This is more musicians than than than, yeah. than sporting events. But I thought it was interesting to mention using things like Fortnite to 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 host events. And not just like you sit in Twitch or whatever and watch it, but like you play the game while it happens, like you stand yeah. in a crowd of people. I think that's kind of cool. Like, I think you've always had similar things like that in like MMOs, but they're really not built for it. Mm. But it feels like Epic and Fortnite are sort of tweaking the game mode to allow for these things to have more functionality for what they're trying mm. to achieve. And I could see that then going on to like, Fortnite matches for example you could see mm. like a live audience literally in the game being able to move around and like you know view things or something without interacting with the players who are playing the game and yeah it's actually know, it's, an, it's actually not to like sidetrack too much but something that I think I don't know if we touched on it back in 2017 but something that I was expecting that we haven't seen is more interaction mm. with with what you're watching so it's interesting like um like from a platform point of view right very recently um mixer shut down mm, yes. it's been merged with um facebook gaming you know and so that has actually seen a lot of uh people turn to youtube um like ninja for example is now teased that he's going to start streaming on youtube mm-hmm. um and you know obviously a lot of people have gone back to twitch now mixer had a lot more like ways that you could interact with the stream and stuff like that like that that was sort of what they were gearing themselves towards um, which sort of lined up with our predictions about you know maybe being able to control the camera angles and things like that and that hasn't really taken off no um it's interesting to observe that people do still by and large apart from yeah there are definitely some exceptions especially in, with music but by and large people are still just watching viewing them yeah like we were sort of talking about how like things like google stadia was going to allow things like integration within to youtube directly for yeah like even if you were watching a vod you could still control the vod as it were kind of like a bit of an old school replay like come on and conquer starcraft or something but live and on the fly within youtube's like you know website i don't know whether we'll whether we're going to see that or not it's interesting like yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 less sure about my predict about our you know sort of thoughts around that now, given that it's been a few years. That kind of makes me feel like there's a little bit of similarity between what things like football has tried to do in the past, when you had the ability to like choose your own camera angle on like you right, know, old yeah, sky sports and stuff like that. Exactly, yeah. Which is obviously a bit more crude because you were just flipping between literal channels, mm, video streams. Yeah, but you could basically make that more 
up to date with kind of modern technology yeah. using streaming services. And I can see that becoming part of regular sporting culture as well. Like as you find more and more boxes become digital streaming services mm. as opposed to sort of like more traditional terrestrial services that you watch sports on mm-hmm. um i can imagine like you know press this button to take control of the camera and have a 360 scope view within the game sorry, within the, the you know the match itself using like a xbox controller or something like i can see that happening at some point or another mm-hmm. um yeah. but that then kind of bleeds into the fact that all those things combined since our previous episode and then combination with the fact that more of these sporting organizations have been using esports as a way of kind of like carrying on is that more and more people are aware of esports now than ever, mm. I would say. Because although at the time, I think people were sort of like, people were aware that people play games professionally, but it was sort of just seen as like a, it was no different than like a hobby. Like it's no different right. than knowing that people play poke professionally or people play chess professionally and stuff like that, like non-physically active sporting events. Right. But that's becoming less and less the case where people are more aware of this is its own culture. This is its own like brand of sporting event which is bleeding into regular culture now yeah i think kind of like the exposure to again some of the ecosystem you know by whether it's people looking for something to replace the the void of of what they normally watch or whether it's being pushed to it by um traditional like sporting organizations it definitely has had a big impact i think that we're going to see not yet in the stats because it's too early but Mm. i'm sort of my Octal FM hot take, our hot take is that the stats are going to be um, a lot bigger for 2020 for sure. There's also been something that I don't think we talked about in 2017 is that there's been quite a big growth in mobile mm, esports, yes, particularly absolutely. in more emerging markets. And by emerging markets, I mean for esports specifically. Yeah. So places like Japan, where esports is is trailing behind um Mm. lots of other places or you know latin america as Mm. well um we're seeing big kind of growth there in mobile esports again joined up with a mixture of there's a mixture of things there right that that increase in high speed mobile internet makes a big difference because you're likely to stream you're likely to watch the thing that you maybe also play and you need like the decent you know, decent phone, decent yeah. bandwidth kind of combination to be able to do that. Well, the markets that you've said there, for example, in Southeast Asia and Latin America, particularly like Japan yeah. as, a, as an outlier because of the, its culture, but yeah. like those two in particular, it's easier to install a broadband like cellular tower for right. 5G service to like, you know, a million people within a city area than it is to try and install fiber optic cabling to every single house in the exactly. area, just possibly have very poor infrastructure, which exactly. is why it makes sense for mobile gaming to be more prominent in those locations because even in a lesser developed area such as those places people still have mobile phones which are perfectly capable of playing some of these Mm. games because one thing we did mention in the previous episode in episode 13 was that oftentimes these games are they're lower graphically demanding so as a result of it the device that's required to play them is usually more of a middling device rather than a high-end device so that in combination with the idea that you can do this much simpler over a wider spread of people very quickly versus traditional esports quote-unquote you can see why these are are, are burgeoning markets yeah absolutely um when i was doing this research you know pubg mobile was the obvious one Mm. that came to mind which is which is definitely up there but one of the ones that was growing a lot at least in the at least last year um was garena free fire Mm, which i have never heard of no but it's basically pubg but lower quality graphics right and that is being more 
that is growing in in success, especially with in esports and in these in the markets we're talking about, precisely because it has it requires half the smartphone RAM yeah. that PUBG does. Um, so you know you can play it on pretty much anything. It looks yeah. terrible. Uh, I watched a bit of it and I was like, I would not want to watch this as an esports, but lots of lots of other people do. A lot of people do. But, uh, but the thing is, is that this is just simply more exposure for the esports as an idea for more people. Mm. Like it doesn't really matter in what form it comes, as long as people understand the idea of like a sporting event that they can watch and enjoy for whatever reason that isn't physically done. Like it's not a physical activity rather than mm. it's a digital activity. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing as well that you've put down, which I think is incredible, which is causing this more widespread awareness to bleed into like traditional sporting events is how high stakes are now. Like, yeah. although we've always said like, you know, how like, you know, the, the, the international for Dota is like, you know, X amount of millions and, and how much, you know, league makes and all that kind of stuff like that more and more games are becoming even more profitable now. Like, yeah. for example, like the Fortnite World Cup in 2019, $3 million prize money, more yeah. than if you win Wimbledon. Like, what yeah. is that about? Yeah. That's madness, you know? Yeah. Like, an athlete who's trained probably all of their life since they can basically remember to be able to do this and had trained every single day, you know, doesn't win as much money for winning an event as someone who gets to sit and play Fortnite. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I'm not saying there isn't skill in that. Of course there is. But what is more interesting is the fact that the money must be there for a reason because more people are interested in watching it and there's yeah. more potential for profit in that event. Yeah, absolutely. The the higher prize pools, you know, like the like, like yeah, you're right, the Dota 2 prize pool is always huge, right? And it's grown even more since we said in 2017. It's it was up to 30 million in 2019 and it's already at 30 million at the time of recording in 2020 mm. and it's only halfway through like being raised so mm. to speak yeah yeah but like not just the yeah not just the the high stakes are there and one of the reasons as well as like the increase in revenue there's also been a huge increase in investment as well mm. um so in terms of you know companies like whether it's venture capital or just like private investors there's been a huge huge increase since we last covered this in investment like really really big in 2017 it was like half a billion dollars of investment into esports companies yeah. um and in 2018 it was 4.5 billion dollars yeah. like like that, um, that's a huge, huge amount of investment in in companies to like push esports, and now we're starting to see the, the we're starting to reap the benefits, I guess, of yes. those investments from a couple of years ago. You when know, you're by- seeing billions of dollars being put into an online activity, when that's kind of now comparable to a majority of regular sporting events for what they receive mm. in terms of investments, you can understand that companies are taking notice not because they care, but because it can make them money. Yeah, like there's huge amounts of investment opportunities to be yeah. had. Like, like investment companies are, are clamoring to to invest. You know, it typically is in the developers of games. Mm. So, like games that are strongly esports, like they will they are able to get extra investment because of that. Um, but also the platforms and the sort of services around the edges. So things like whether it's like betting on on esports or, yeah. you know, analytics and sort of media, the kind of like media. The surrounding economy like of it, yeah. Like that is growing as well and has grown a lot more than when we last spoke in 2017. Um, you know, there's a lot more investment in the sort of like, yeah, like things like 
data and analytics around mm. sports and stuff like that, which is, you know, not not something that you need early on in, in a, you know, ecosystem. But, yeah. but now is sort of something that is becoming more valuable and more interesting. Well, it's gone beyond being something that fans do because they want to compete against one another. Right. And it's becoming something that companies host because it makes them money. Exactly. Now, you can argue the efficacy of capitalism taking over a sport but the fact is is that more people are going to get involved in it as a result so yeah kind mm. of regardless but that's obvious in the ideas that that's becoming more of the case as more and more traditional like leagues and groups and organizations turn to using esports and both as an alternative to what they could do this is in relation to covid19 at least anyway mm. but also just in additional to as some examples like the english premier league uh, used FIFA 2020 to host like games and kind of maintain fan interest and advertiser interest during the COVID-19 lockdown when they couldn't play the games. You already mentioned it earlier with Formula One doing the same thing. Uh, things like the NFL hosted its draft virtually and the drafting part of NFL is a really big deal. Like That's kind of like one of the most watched events, <laughs> ironically. Right. Rather than the games themselves, the draft is almost more interesting for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you had... This one's a little bit tangential, but kind of not at the same time. And you had like the the virtual Grand National. So the Grand National horse racing event held at Aintree in the UK was done all online and it was all computer generated. And right. all of these things are like, they're already existing. So all of these, these systems already exist in place, which is why these particular organizations were able to utilize them now. Mm. in place of what they would normally be doing and it's not to replace them it's simply just a stopgap for the time being while they couldn't do it due to covid but you can see that these obviously work because the only concrete (laughs) number i could get was that 4.8 million people watched the virtual grand national like that's madness 4.8 million people watching virtual like computer generated horse racing you know because people don't really care if it's real or not when it comes mm-hmm. to betting and i think the gambling side of things could probably be a whole other episode on its own because there's a whole another section of like uh how it can work and how it can be really efficient and effective but also what the problematic aspects of that could be but like the fact that these organizations were able to utilize online esports as a way of engaging mm-hmm. their audiences when they couldn't otherwise do their regular means is, is fantastic yeah absolutely like it feels you know, when we talk about it, it feels a little bit, not dystopian, but like it feels quite sci-fi to sort of think about like, you know, virtualized events being run as if they're real events kind of thing. Like whether it's the sort of stuff around the edge, like the draft being mm. hosted virtually, um, I think is a, is a really interesting example, right? Of sort of like just that kind of creativity of how you how you solve the problem. Um, but yeah, definitely like the kind of gambling, the like virtualized gambling side of things is really interesting. Like it's not, yeah, like because people, yeah, like just the same as people play poker online, right? And it doesn't matter that it's not real cards. It's the same thing. Um, but I, it does make me feel like I'm in a Star Wars bar, you know, like with the screens showing like things that aren't real, um, people betting on them. (laughs) Yeah. Little holograms running Mm. along. Yeah. Like, I think that this is very much the tip of the iceberg, though, because that was relatively successful Mm. for those organizations. And although most of them have now returned to their more regular means of running the events, like I said, the F1 is running again, football is carrying on, but like with no crowds in the stadiums, you know, things are starting to return to slightly normal. Like we said at the very beginning of the episode, 
COVID's not going away mm. and it's going to affect how we live for the mm. next several years at least. So you can imagine more organizations are going to try and do something similar and refine the method of it as well. Yeah, I think it also shows that there's a bit of a there is still a gap there that can be filled, right? Yes. Like, okay, this time it was filled by the traditional organizations going online. But I don't know if that's a, I don't know if they're the, well, they're definitely not the only ones that can do that, right? Um, and I think you could have some, yeah, there's just clearly like some, a lot of untapped market there, even though, you know, where we've, if you look at where we've come from, over the last few years and things have grown, you know, viewership in general has grown 10% year on year. It shows that there's capacity for more growth than that um, yeah. because of the fact that something has happened and more stuff has come online that wouldn't traditionally and it was successful. And it's like, okay, well that, like there's an extra bit of growth there yeah. that we're not yet seeing. Um, well, there's now evidence that these sorts of uh, organizations and events mm. for Australian esports are interesting and desirable and people want to watch them because before then most sort of like uh, i don't know like tv organizations if you want to use them as the example wouldn't take the risk of it mm. because it was not worth it to them but this is forced the risk to be taken because otherwise there would be nothing and it's proven successful so now those organizations of like you know tv executives and streaming services and whatever else like as in non-gaming related ones are now going to be more likely to go well hang on that was really good like what else could we do? What th These esports people have been doing this for a while. We could learn something from them. Let's get them involved in the organization of, mm. of our new TV blocks. Right. You know, so I, I don't think it's going to completely change the world overnight, but you can see this as a continuing of the tipping point of like, as the generations shift, as people become more interested in the on-demand viewing and as the ability to host like public events diminishes over the next few years, this will just continue to grow. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I think even if it doesn't become the the primary form of entertainment for many people in terms of their sporting needs, it will still always now be a mainstay part of these organizations' products. Like, yeah. I don't think the like English Football League or, or FIFA, whoever it is, like all the different like football organizations, they're now always going to have like that online FIFA presence, mm. I think, because they, they, it's shown that, and F1, for example, I think F1 already was doing it, but you're going to see it in other sports as well that they might as well. Like, it makes them money and it's relatively easy to do compared to organizing a stadium of like, well, you know, yeah. 80,000 people to watch a game or something like that, yeah. you know, and all the things that come against. Like, for example, the logistics of F1 is a nightmare. Mm. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous how complicated all that is. But yet hosting a live stream event of your racing drivers playing on, like, you know, some racing simulators is a piece of cake by comparison. Mm. Yeah, most of the time they already have the simulators as well, right, for training. Exactly, so. yeah. So even if it doesn't replace anything, it's going to become more prominent within the industry and within the entertainment mm. block that people consume. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that we're going to see, you know, I think this is not that it particularly needed it because it was growing, but I think it's going to, it's definitely have given it an extra, an extra nudge um, for sure. I don't think it's, it's going to change the world. Like I say, I, I think that most people will probably especially of the older generation like one of the articles i read and i i had to admit that i agreed with it and i, I didn't want to mm. was that your over 50 generation the now the, the novelty of online 
not even online, but like esports or like, you know, virtual sporting events, mm. it's probably going to wear off quite quickly. And they're going to want to go back to do, doing things more traditionally. Mm. And I think that's okay. There's no problem with that. But that is the fading generation mm. as your younger generation comes up that are more willing to want to have those things in place. So I don't think that it's going to change overnight. And I also don't ever think that traditional sports is going away. But I also think that it's going to become a more prominent aspect of what people consume their entertainment for mm. from now on. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. But that was basically our thoughts on uh, the whole e-sporting within 2020 mm. and COVID-related incidents. Mm. Um, I definitely do want to come back to talking about the gambling side of things mm. because i think that there is a whole other interesting topic there to discuss mm. yeah because like in a way virtual gambling has been there for a long time like when you sit at a, a fruit machine nowadays it isn't like you know little wheels in the background it's all computer generated it's all computer controlled right. so that's no real different than watching a virtual horse race in a way it's just random number generators going on in the background with like a load of fancy algorithms working to make, yep. you know generate odds and stuff like that definitely and that's just going to become more and more prominent. And then the link between that and gaming gambling, quote unquote, mm. for things like loot boxes and gacha services, mm. you can see the connection there between the two of definitely. them. And I think that there is definitely going to be need for some quite stringent looking at like how you would regulate that. Because gambling is regulated pretty heavily in the UK and it's obviously banned in a lot of places as well. And... I mean, you already we talked about this, this soundbite the, uh, the other week, I believe, like how even in now right now in the UK, like the House of Lords has, has commissioned the investigation yep. of get loot boxes. Are, are loot boxes gambling? Like, how mm. do we how do we handle them? And we've been talking about this on Octal FM for a few years now. Like, it's come up a few times, but I think now more than ever, you're going to see that this is going to become more required. Definitely, you know, I agree that I think that's. Over the last few years, since we first talked about esports, I think that sort of side of things, especially things like loot boxes and stuff, like I think it was not long after our esports chat that there was the CS:GO Lotto scandal, like whether oh yes, I forgot you know, about because it sort yeah. of ties into everything that we've talked about, but on a slightly different, you know, in a slightly different setting. So things like influencers, um, you know, promoting you know gambling Very style shady gambling yeah, like sort of dodgy, yeah. dodgy sites and stuff like that and you know things being about virtual rewards like skins you know and and cosmetics and stuff like that but then there being a lot of real world money behind it or often cryptocurrency as well um, plays into it which is obviously a lot harder to regulate and track mm. you know that there, there is definitely a the fact that it's virtual and is entirely virtual rather than like like yeah going to a casino or or betting on mm. horse real horse races and stuff you know things that have been around for for many many more years than yeah. than these kind yeah, of like yeah. virtualized um gambling methods we are so in such an early still even now even 3 years after we started talking about yeah. this kind of stuff we're still in such a wild west more than i expected yes. actually i expected it to be more locked down by now than it is and it we've seen some regulation come in and some bits and pieces where like games have to reveal their odds right like they yes, have to yeah, yeah, you know yeah. in some situations but we're still in like you say in in a, in a very early stage where you know really big hitting um like uh governments or, or or governing bodies whether it's the eu or it's yeah the house of lords or whoever right 
are only really starting to talk properly about about the effects that this has adding yeah. legislation you know yeah. and, and really it's been going very very slowly um so i don't know if that's going to be solved soon or whether we're still you know in three years time we're still going to be in the same situation um i think with this huge growth and sort of increase in investment of all kinds of things you know we talked about that increased investment in platforms where we're talking about you know analytics and you know the websites and media around it there's also more investment in the gambling side of things as well. Of course, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, and with that big VC investment money comes regulation and legislation for sure, because you can't be a... It's okay when you're some site made by two kids who are reasonably popular on YouTube, right? And they make a thing that lets you, you know, randomly get win CSGO skins. That's yeah. one thing. Um, that is nothing compared to an organization that has, you know, yeah. multiple millions of dollars of VC money behind it. Yeah. And those VC investors are asking, you know, the, the tough questions because it's their money. Um, yeah. There's a big difference. Uh, and so that will hopefully, I guess, um, drive some some regulation. Yeah, spur and some, some regulation, yeah. yeah, forward. But initially, um, we might see an even crazier Wild West because that, you've got that money flying around and no regulation or less regulation. It's a shame because I think there is actually potential for some really good stuff here mm. because you could have some more interesting gambling. Yeah. You know, you could have some genuinely quite enjoyable and interaction, interactive way of gambling. Mm. And I can also see it as being interesting. Like you said, like even participation could give you some rewards, like how it does in things like, you know, Heroes of the Storm. You play three games and you win a skin, right, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And you could have that's part of esports or gambling. Yeah. But it's part of Twitch, right? Like Twitch kind of does that a little bit as yeah, well. Yeah, Twitch shows you like know, Twitch watching drops streams and stuff like and that. Stuff like that yeah. yeah. And that's really great. And I love that sort of like interaction. And I think it has a lot of potential to be really good. But unfortunately, I can see most companies using it for ill, mm. as in pred being predatory on people who are more predisposed to gambling addictions anyway, have a wider audience where you don't have to physically go to a shop to do it. Mm. You just sat at your computer. And I suppose you could do that now with things like gambling online, like bingos and like um, football gambling and all the rest of it and horse get racing and stuff like that. But if you make it totally virtual, you can do it when you want, whenever you want for, with, with almost impunity for a long time until regulation hits. Right. There's no, um, when it's virtual stuff, there's no limit. There's no like physical limit, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Nothing stops you from just printing, well, creating more zeros at the end of something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah. anyway, like I think we probably will end up doing either a main episode or a soundbite about that as well, because I think there's a whole interesting topic to discuss there. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I would recommend going back and listening to our previous episode we did on esports because it, it definitely informs this one because mm. we've we've skipped over some aspects of things like, for example, what is esport and why is it engaging and what makes esport interesting compared to regular sports, yeah. etc. So definitely go back and check that episode at episode 13. We'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Go, come and go and have a look. You can also just search esports on our website and you get a few. There's a few other um, episodes where we've talked about it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and let us know what you thought while you're there. I think our contact details are on the website, but uh, in case you can't find them, um, you can email <laughs> us show at octal.fm or come and find us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash octal.fm um, or all the others. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Just search octal.fm. And one we've missed for a couple of times recently, but, you know, it does help us is leave us that like, Ooh, leave yeah. us that review, Absolutely. leave us that five star, all that kind of good stuff. Please do. Tell your um, friends. The more that you do, the more people will see the podcast and the bigger we'll be able to yep. to grow. Leave a review. Let us know. Good. We'll send you some stickers. Uh, stickers. Yeah, we still have some stickers. Yep. Um, cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, in the meantime, I've been Gelada. And I've been Saffron. 
and catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. So as some examples, for example, uh, as some examples, for example, (laughs) 